Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. Welcome to our book club. Actually, is this number is this number four? I was trying. It is. It, it is, is number book four. Club number four. Okay, and we have travelled the world in this book club. We have done France. We've done Nigeria. We've done Australia, and now we found ourselves in Gothenburg in Sweden. That's right. For a tiny little book, um, and that's <laughs> some of you who have emailed to say. That it was just the right size, just and the right length. Some people think it is, you don't get enough bang for your buck. Exactly that. <laughs> An elderly lady is up to no good, is the title of the tome. Um, and it's written by a woman called Helen Turston and translated into English by Marlene Delagy. hope that's correct. People who translate books do deserve credit always, don't they? Because it's not the easiest. No. And, and it's a tricky job, isn't it? Because mm. I think it's one of those jobs where people are probably... Only going to notice when they think something's wrong, not when they think yeah. all the rest of it is right. And I never know how much licence people translating books have. Presumably they can't alter too much, but they must, they must actually have an impact. And it's hard to know who gets to decide, yeah. because presumably it's being translated into English because Helen didn't fancy translating it herself. She's the only person who'd really know mm. the true direction of a sentence. But um, Helen does speak English because you're going to hear from her during the course of this podcast. So true. Yeah. Uh, do you want to just do a quick summary of the plot of the book, such as it is? Because it's not actually a oh, typical book. Such as it is. No, well, because it's not a It's no. not a book. It's not a, a, you know, a method results conclusion novel. No, I mean, we probably ought to say that Helen Thurston um, is a successful Swedish author and um, she'd written other stuff before she turned to Maud and created her. And I think in the course of the conversation we have with you, you'll find out why she created Maud. It was for a, a specific uh, task she'd been set. But she's the hit author of two mystery series uh, set in Sweden, uh, all uh, around the detective Irene Hus. And then she came up with another lead character, Embla Nistrom, um, and wrote books about her investigations as well. So she's a highly successful and much respected Swedish author. But Maud is at the centre of this book. And it's it's the first in a series, isn't it? Because there are a couple about Maud. Um, an elderly lady is up to no good, and then an elderly lady must not be crossed. Is it just the two books about Maud? Well, I think uh, she does say in the interview, doesn't she, that, that more are coming and that those have already been bought up and we might be seeing them on the silver screen as well. So they're hugely popular. Um, the elderly lady is Maud, and uh, we meet her. We we don't 
We don't find out huge amounts about her backstory, do we? But enough to understand that it's been a quite difficult life. And we're meeting her in her 80s, aren't we? Yes, she's at a very advanced age. I think she's 88, isn't she? And she had a sister who had been incredibly unwell as a child. And so you're led to believe at several points during the stories that that's had a huge impact on her, actually, and probably rather curtailed her own development, actually, as a child. But then her sister had died uh, in adult life and uh, Maud's family had also fallen on hard times. Mm. So they were a wealthy family with quite a lot to show for it. And suddenly all of the money had gone. Mm. And it's as we join Maud, it's 40 years since her sister has died. And she's living, not quite rent-free, is she? But she's living in a rather nice place that she's getting at a reduced rent. Yes, which is the last kind of thing that her family owned or kind of could lay claim to. Although actually we then discover that there's an enormous amount of silver and some very precious paintings in the apartment. Bit of a girl is Maud. Uh, lots of question marks about her. And uh, it really, ha- again, it's a great choice for a book club because it's properly divided opinion. And we cannot thank you enough for taking part. And uh, really, honestly, um, it's, it's slightly surprising to me that so many people are prepared to do it because I'm a lazy sod. Uh, so I'm always really impressed that other people put the work in. So it's Jane and Fee at times.radio and that's the email address for any um, any message you have for us. But we're particularly grateful to all those people who took part in this. Um, I just want to mention this really brief email from Rachel. Um, I listened to the free audio book. This was another way of listening. You could listen to um, Helen's book on Audible, if you remember, and it actually came free on Audible. Uh, just as the one show is Blue Peter for adults, this book, I thought, was Pippi Longstocking for grown-ups. My Mildly amusing, hardly great literature. And yet there were people who thought that, but there are also people who really loved it. We have got as many emails liking it uh, and liking it for its kind of idiosyncrasies as well. So it is just, a, a physically, it's a tiny book. It's about half the size of a normal book. Mm-hmm. And I think it's only 184 pages long. People have really, really loved that. People have found more to be very entertaining, a very good creation, because actually it doesn't all get resolved in the end and, and she doesn't get her just desserts. Justice is not no. served on her. Uh, she just carries on her wicked ways. And then we've got exactly the same number of people who uh, just found it in incredibly irritating it didn't go far enough they were annoyed that there wasn't a resolution there wasn't enough of a backstory and also that these stories are quite repetitive because uh, the uh, the the kind of mo of maud is the same every time she meets somebody who really annoys her and then she kills them <laughs> But, I mean, again, some people are making a very serious point that um, elderly women, women in general can be dismissed. They can certainly be the victims of violent crime, as can men. It's just more likely. Actually, it's not more likely that it's women, is it? It's just that we tend to fetishise the murders of women than men. But there is no doubt that women in the world are quite vulnerable. And Maud just turns this on its head. And you can't... Well, people do ignore her and they do dismiss her. Um... But can I just say, uh, they were wrong to do so, as it turns out. Shall we read some of these emails? I'm going to go with a couple of people who didn't really like it, uh, which might leave you to do the sunshine areas. Are you happy with that? Yes, because I specialise in sunshine areas. Okay. Uh, This coming in from Celia. Uh, I was very much enjoying the book, thought the old lady was quirky, horrific, amusing and frustrating in equal measure. I loved the fact that it wasn't a difficult or complicated read, but... 
Then it ended so abruptly. I felt like the author had literally been told, time's up if you can finish your sentence and put your pen down. So I was very frustrated as I wanted so much more. It felt incomplete and left me wanting more of an explanation or a resolution. Uh, then I discovered there was another book and bought it and read it quickly. I can honestly tell you I now feel like I've read a proper book. I feel so much more satisfied and so much positive, more positive about having a satisfying ending. I can't recommend the second book enough. The old lady redeems herself. So that's interesting, isn't it? Okay. We're, we're reading something... Uh, at the beginning. Uh, and this one comes from Wendy. Disappointing is the word I'd use for the latest book. I think you must have been fooled by the title. Well, the title is superb. I prefer to read a book, but as this one is only in hardback, I use the audiobook as it's free with Audible. That gave a clue that if they were giving it away, it couldn't be that much good. But can I just say, in defence of Audible, that's not true in my experience. There's some quite good stuff that's free. I'm not speaking for Audible. Although if <laughs> no. they were to offer me money, I would. Uh, please offer her money. Uh, Richard Osman does these older person crime stories so much better. Please can the next choice be available in paperback and be a little bit more challenging. Right, some good ones, please. Yeah, well, we've heard the paperback message, haven't we? And yeah. um, I think we probably uh, would acknowledge that, that, yeah, that was something we got wrong this time, so apologies uh, for that. Uh, Louise uh, in Hampshire says, I can see why people wouldn't be keen on this story, as Maud never gets her but I liked how different it was. I especially appreciated the different depiction of an older lady that it gave us. If older ladies do get a look in on TV and in books, they're usually sweet old ladies dishing out nuggets of wisdom. Granted, maybe making her a heartless serial killer was something of an overcorrection. I'm 33 and fortunate enough to still have my gran with us. While she's not up to anything illegal that I know of, she is certainly not a bland, demure old lady. So it was really good to see an older woman with some individuality presented in the book. Um, I'm really looking forward to hearing what others think, uh, says Louise. And that, um, I'm glad, thank you, Louise, for that. Uh, and I'm, I think it's really important, that point you make, uh, that they are just benign little dollops twinkly little white-haired biddies who bestride the um, cultural uh, landscape. And, you know, old people can be really horrible. I mean, they really can. They can say horrible things, they can do horrible things, they can be horrible, just like the rest of us. And there is quite a lot of evidence, isn't there, that in uh, much older women, that kind of nurturing niceness atrophies into something quite unpleasant. So I think maybe Helene has put her finger on it. There was something in brackets from Hampshire. Louise from Hampshire, the county says hi, Fee. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I was just going to ignore that. She spotted yeah. that your sight's not as bad as you make out, is no, it? No, I just wanted to say hello back. Uh, so this one uh, describes that this is Beata, who's listening in Nova Scotia in Canada. Complete tosh. Thankfully, I just spent three hours on it. Uh, and uh, Beata has done a numbered review. I do like that, actually. I love a bullet point. Uh, number one, every murder conveniently facilitated by hard or sharp surfaces so she doesn't have to get too close herself. Two frivolous reasons to want to kill someone. I suspect quite often they are, though, aren't they? Uh, number three, multiple getting away with murder situations, just not believable. Four, maybe you should be able to sneak around unseen in the 60s, but not in the last few decades with CCTV. I thought that was a good point. <laughs> it's a good point. <laughs> 
CCTV and uh, what do they always now do in crime fiction? They triangulate your mobile phone signal, don't they, in mm. order to find out where you were. Mm. And it just takes away some of the magic. It certainly takes away all of the legwork that the detectives can be doing and the use of the little grey cells, doesn't it? It does. I, I think, Maud, it, she's not operating in the present day, is she? No. Um, it's actually, it is in that lovely kind of space, isn't it, where you can't, you can't hugely identify what era mm. uh, she's actually living in. And I really loved the descriptions of Gothenburg and of the apartment in particular. So I'm imagining this uh, rather kind of Manhattan-style red brick mansion with big apartments in it. And I don't know whether that's actually the reality uh, of buildings in Sweden, but it's all beautifully described. Mm. I really like all the settings. Yeah, it's all very lovingly described. Yeah. Um, Marion says, um, my feeling was that the reader was supposed to feel let down at the end of this book. I think it was the author's way of saying, sometimes people do get away with bad deeds, as did the old lady all her life, with no price to be paid by her for her actions. When we read a book like this, we expect there to be a neat conclusion that fits with wrongs being righted. Um, which they were in some cases throughout this book, but mostly just for the old lady to have things her own way, leaving you feeling that she should have paid some kind of price for her actions. Uh, Marion's right. I mean, often we, we're always told we like crime fiction because we like things to be resolved and tied up. We, we, we are frightened by the initial crime and then we are comforted uh, by the knowledge, usually at the end of most crime books, that the killer's been caught and that we don't need to feel quite so worried anymore. But it doesn't happen in this case. But there are hints, aren't there? Because as you get to the end of the book, uh, there is a canny policewoman who clearly sees Maud for who she is, but she gets overruled in her desire to carry on the investigation. Yeah, she's a woman, of course. Yeah, and maybe that's where book two picks up. But that's another good point about women being overlooked, isn't it? Because the female yeah. detective is dismissed. Yeah, she is. Uh, oh, she's yeah. not listened to. So did you like it? Uh... Oh, did I? That's a good question. Not, I wouldn't, no, I don't think I'll be reading any more about Maud. I wonder whether it will make a really interesting, quite expensively done TV series. It might. It will obviously depend on who's cast as Maud. And I don't know whether Judy Dench would fancy a trip to Gothenburg, but I would imagine it would be someone of that, of that ilk. Um, it would need a properly good actress to transport you to the serial killing world of Maud because she is, she's being really evil and she does need to, for the viewer to want to go with her, the viewer in this case, she needs to have a real twinkle, doesn't she? I don't know how likeable she seemed. No, because also what, what's intriguing about it is that the people who she, she kills are not people who you as the reader have been encouraged to dislike Active, or distrust. No, exactly. or, so, so your sympathies are all over the place, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, what I did like was the fact that here was a counterintuitive uh, lady... Uh, getting up to all sorts of unpleasant things. Uh, and I'm not suggesting that it's the way forward for Britain's older women. Um, uh, life in the serial killer lane uh, isn't ideal. Uh, mm. You will be caught now with the CCTV, and uh, rightly, because it's not good. Yep. I liked her, but I didn't... I didn't like her enough to forgive what she was doing. But I also really wanted to know a bit more about her family life, because the way that the story was told, especially about her engagement, so she had fallen in love, hadn't she? But then when 
the parents of her betrothed realised that the family didn't have any money yeah, it was all gone. after the death of her parents. Uh, they called off the engagement on her behalf. So so there was this kind of build-up. You could understand why she was bitter. And also having a, a sibling who takes up all of the oxygen in the room and all of the attention, and then after your parents die, you have to step into that caring role. I thought those two things were really intriguing and I wanted to know more about that. Basically, so I could like Maud more. But that's quite a canny depiction of what life actually does to you. Yeah. It can knock you around and there isn't that, oh my God, she's turned the negatives into a positive. So. <laughs> Maud doesn't though, does she? No, she doesn't. She sticks on the negative. She goes with the negative and makes it into a gigantic ball of murder. Uh, actually, this is from Liz. Uh, the protagonist was elderly and because of her age was just too often dismissed as a possible culprit. Unfortunately, the elderly are often too invisible. So for me, this book was really clever and entertaining vehicle for mirroring the frequent perception of older members of society. Sadly, just not worth worrying about. It's a great little book, says Liz. And there are lots of people who just say, actually, it might be small, but it packs a punch, this. It really does. That's what Jill, long-time listener, says, what an awesome pick for book club. I would never have read it otherwise. A perfect snack-sized read, easily consumed in a single sitting or eked out by grazing a story at a time. Is there a little bit of Maud in all of us? Though impulse control is a good thing. Jill puts that in brackets. I'd, I'd underline that, actually, Jill. Mm -hmm. uh, and Jill wants to give a shout-out to Sydney City Libraries Australia for having this book on their shelves. We would like to apologise for the fact that this proved to be a difficult book to get hold of for our listeners. And, you know, note to self, we'll make sure that the next one is available anywhere. It'll probably be The Bible Left by the Gideons. Oh, I'd struggle with that, because that isn't short. Oh, well, the Gideon Bible's a bit shorter, isn't it? Do they still have them in every single hotel? I don't, I don't know. Could someone check for us? Yeah. I think it... I, I, I suspect not, but I might be wrong. Yeah. OK. Uh, do they have them in Airbnbs? No, there's no... No, there's no... You just have everybody else's books, which is always really interesting. Just E.L. James. The missus. Still best book of the last decade. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST.
Isn't it time we brought in Helen Thurston? Yes, it is. Author of An Elderly Lady Is Up To No Good. For the benefit of, of our listeners, can you just tell us a little bit about your life uh, without writing, if you see what I mean? So before you became a writer. Okay. I was born in Gothenburg on the western uh, coast of Sweden. I, at first, I, I uh, worked as a uh, nurse for some years, and then I, started, I went to university and became a dentist. I worked as a dentist for about 10 years, but then I was struck by a rheumatic illness. And uh, I couldn't uh, go on working as a dentist because you need to be strong in your hands. <laughs> and I wasn't that anymore. So after some years, I realized I had to do something else. And I have always been reading a lot. And um, my husband is only he's also a dentist. But before he went to university, he worked as a policeman for six years. So I thought, what will I write? I, I love crime novels. And I thought, I will write about a female police woman with a quite ordinary life, but an exciting uh, job. And that's when I started to write a serial about Irene Hust. So when did you then decide that you would kind of cross over to the other side and write about somebody who's committing crimes, not solving them? Uh, to be honest, Maud came to me uh, and I wrote the new uh, first short story about Maud at 2011. Uh, it, it's, it's a funny story because I had promised a publishing house to write a short story for an anthology with Christmas stories. And I totally forgot about it because I had so much to do. I was working on a new book. I was traveling in Europe, even in the United States. And I forgot about it. And then one week before deadline, I, I remembered, my God, I was to write a a story for, for that anthology. What am I to write about? I did not have an idea. And all of a sudden, she stood beside me, an old lady with white hair, hair. And she said, why don't you write about me? And I thought, why should I write about an old lady? And then I looked into her eyes and I got goosebumps. And I know, yes, I'm going to write about that lady. <laughs> because uh, Maud is no ordinary old lady, and frankly, she's not just a woman. Well, I mean, it, can I be uh, take it seriously? Uh, is she a psychopath? Uh, not a psychopath. No, uh, my my daughter she, she is a psychologue. Psy no, what was the English word? Psychologist, Psy psychiatrist. Yes, yes. Now she, she says that she has elements in her personality that she's a borderline personality and maybe some parts of a sociopath because she is acting very normal towards other people. No one can sus suspect that she's a murderer. <laughs> and then she has the other side and she's calculating very coldly how to murder other persons. But she's not a serial killer. It's very important to say she's a mass murderer because she has murdered more than two people. She's a mass murderer. 
because a serial killer they has their sexuality in murdering Andre to 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 have a victim to to do things with a victim before during and after the killing murder has nothing like that she is simply solving her problems when she feels that other people are problems and then she's trapped and if you were to write about her as a younger woman would she have the same kind of tendencies yes i had written about her as a younger uh, woman because there is two books about Maud, and in the other book it's uh, the english title is an elderly lady with dark secrets i think there she is i i'm uh, i write some stories about Maud as a younger woman yes she has been doing this for many years <laughs> I love the fact that the the book contains details of the food that she eats. Um, I'm always I'm always really interested in what characters in books eat, and I love that kind of ordinariness of them deciding what they're going to have. And and Maud will eat after a crime, won't she? She'll settle down with some lovely Christmas ham, for example, or something like that. <laughs> yes. Why do you? She, she, she's not uh, so interested in food, I think, but she likes to have. Uh, ordinary good food and some uh, wine and a beer and maybe a gin and tonic. That's good. <laughs> there was something quite tantalising towards the end of An Elderly Lady is Up to No Good where I felt as a reader that you as the writer almost wanted Maud to get caught but she doesn't get caught, does she? Is that, no. so, is that so you can carry on writing about her? <laughs> yes, but I, I, I think I wanted to, to, to write about how she uses her age and as a disguise, you could say. She, she, she's old and she, she plays, like she doesn't hear so good, that she's a bit half-demented and, and uh, you know, like, like a very old woman can be. She's not that at all, of course. But in, in front of the police, uh, she, she always acts like that. Yeah. Yeah, and they think, oh, she, she can't have done anything. She's so old. <laughs> yes. No, they, they dismiss it, don't they? Um, yes. St yes. Statistically, across the world, are old women the least likely people to commit murder? Yes. They are. Okay. So yeah. Maud would be a real outlier. Yes. But she started uh, quite young. I think her first murder was committed when she was 25 or something like that. And I write about that in the second. Right. So, I mean, it doesn't say a lot for the authorities in your home country, I have to say. Um, do you think they would have caught her in real life? I'm not so sure. She's very clever. Will you write more of Maud as an old woman? Uh, actually, I had written some weeks ago a new short story, but that is a plot for... One of the films. What is going to be filmed? It's a, a producer from the from America who has bought the rights. They are preparing for like films. They asked me for could you write some more <laughs> short stories? So I, I, it, it's it's not for publishing in magazines, anthologies. It's a film plot. 
And does it make you, as a writer, feel more comfortable about getting old or slightly more fearful about getting old yourself? <laughs> I hope I won't be like Maud. Please, <laughs> please don't problem. be. I, I, I'm 70, so I'm not that young. No, but there's something rather comforting, I think. I mean, I know she does very bad things, but she does bad things to people who are quite annoying. Uh, so there's yeah. something quite comforting, I think, in writing an elderly woman with power, uh, you know, which gives us all something to look forward to. But I may be revealing my own psychopathic tendencies now, so I'll stop. Uh, <laughs> Helene Turston, and we were very grateful to her for coming on, and it'll be intriguing uh, to watch the series when it comes out. So far, uh, two out of four of the books we've chosen uh, have become available or will be available on the big screen. Are you thinking that the cemetery one might ever come to I'm a I'm Netflix not. near no, you? I'm not, no. Oh, I think that's a missed opportunity. <laughs> I think it might be made into one of those fabulously moody and you know, not, not especially obviously entertaining French films. <laughs> Because, after all, it couldn't get any more French, could it? It was very French indeed. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it, really, it really was. Um, French cinema is, is a world all of its own. I don't like French cinema. And actually, in, in that Culture Fix thing that I did for the, for the, for the newspaper oh, upstairs. Yeah, yes. Just explain what that was. Oh, so it's just... You've done it, haven't you? You just choose... No, I've never been asked. You just, well, it's coming your way. Uh, you just They just ask you lots of questions, what you're reading and all of that kind yeah. of stuff. Okay. And... Uh, and they ask you what you could kind of do without, and I said French cinema. <laughs> because it's just old men and young bosoms. That is the celebration in French cinema. I just, I don't want to see, I just don't want to see either of those things anymore. No, but in defence of fresh water for flowers, I think it was, uh, it was slightly different, wasn't it? Yes, it wasn't. It wasn't Gérard Depardieu no. and Alain Delon having a fondle. No, well, not with each other. Oh, more's the pity. Ooh, not that I'd want to see that either. By anyway, the way. Um, <laughs> so, sorry. The reason for mentioning the culture of this yes. is because it was out there, and and uh, quite a few people did say you're just you're just a real heathen. You just don't understand it at all. And that's the other thing I hate about French cinema. Well, can I just it's say it's used as this kind of weapon against yeah. people you just don't understand. Je comprends pas. And I don't. Well, I'm completely with you. Uh, I was going to say sister. What's the French for that? Sir. Sir. Yeah, it doesn't really work. That doesn't either. work at no. all. But I'm with you. Tont P. Tont P. Um, <laughs> Debbie says... Um, Sorry, what? Too bad. Tont P? Is it Tont P? I don't know. Okay. People will know. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> uh, Debbie... Uh, I want to say a huge thank you for introducing me to the author, uh, Ellen Turston. I devoured An Old Lady is Up to No Good. I loved it. And I went straight on to An Old Lady Must Not Be Crossed, which was also extremely satisfying. It may be my age, but I love reading about a super smart and underestimated old woman disposing of some fairly unpleasant people. Yeah, that was Fee's point earlier. They are only fairly unpleasant uh, without being caught. Even today, women are frequently underestimated. And when you get to my age, 62, you're also invisible. So I'm a afraid to say I was somewhat cheering on the psychopathic old lady as she delivered her own style of retribution. I'm now going to start reading Ellen's Detective Inspector Huss series, so thank you so much for finding me a new author to follow. And that's great. If we put you on to um, Ellen's uh, wider work, wider body of work, uh, then I think that's a job done. That's really good. Yep. Uh, Sue is in Chalfont St Peter. Uh, wanted to join. Can I just say, I welcome any correspondence from the Chalfonts because <laughs> there are quite a few, aren't there? 
So uh, it's the Cockney rhyming slang, isn't it, for piles? Because there's a Chalfont St Giles. Yes, there is. So how are you, Chalfonts? I've only got one. <laughs> is it called Peter? <laughs> I'll tell you what I call it. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> Wanted to join in with your excellent book club this month. It was a pleasingly short book full of fun with a hint of menace. The character of Maud is very skillfully brought to life and while she's very much a bad one, you always feel that she convinced herself that she had no choice but to deal with her various problems as they occurred. And I think that's a good point made by Sue in the Chalfonts because there is that feeling, isn't there, that as an older woman on her own, there's just there's no one who can help her solve a problem. So when the noise gets irritating in the apartment block, yeah, you're, you you do think, yeah, there's no one going more to sit do down and have a cup of tea. Weirdly, of all the bits in the book, it's the noise that I could sympathise with her about because it's something that I've sort of vaguely encountered in my street. Um, not with my immediate neighbours, with a neighbour of mine who was being impacted hugely by noise from younger people who lived above her. And honestly, the woman's life was made a complete misery. People just are so selfish sometimes. I mean, they really, really are. So there, Maud did have my sympathy. Have I made that clear? You certainly have. And watch out, Jane's neighbours. Oh, they, don't worry, they know who they are. Yeah, I think that's a real... We should do a story about that on the show, shouldn't we? I think it's a real scourge of modern life, these people who do kind of two, three-year building projects in London, digging yeah. out basements. And, and it's things like if you live under... Is it parquet flooring? What's the flooring that is incredibly noisy? Probably parquet. If you're, if yeah. you're living underneath it. I mean, there's a reason people used to go for carpets. Uh, they, at least not only... I think the place is warmer with a carpet, but you just don't make as much noise. Mm. It's that thumping. And lots of people, when they take their carpets up and sand the floor, mm. uh, they don't put anything in between the timbers, do they? So, oh, right. so, you know, yeah. you, it's... There's no cushioning. No, nothing at all. Mm. So, yeah, you are stuffed. So, yeah, that would drive you bonkers. And yeah. Moore doesn't have anyone, you know, kind of saying, why don't we just go for a walk and diffusing it, does she? Well, so think... when she sees a problem, she just keeps going until the problem has gone. We never quite know whether she's lonely or just alone or perhaps a combination of the two. I wasn't quite sure, but... Um, and that was it was another aspect of the book, I think. Um, but people will have their have their views on that. I want to thank uh, Caroline, who has emailed from Perth, an expat living in Perth, Western Australia. I've read all three book club books. This last I enjoyed while having my leg elevated and on ice, following half a knee replacement, a sign that my own body is ageing like Maud's. I thought it was a dele delightful collection of stories, a thoroughly delicious and malicious concept, the vigilante granny. Uh, to be taken as it was intended, I think, a darkly humorous insight into the mind of a wronged and disrespected octogenarian who had the wherewithal to do away with the people she disliked. Highly implausible, but easy to read and good fun. And there is a photograph of Caroline's new knee, or half a new knee. Um, I don't quite know why you're only getting half of one. Half. I'll tell you what, I've never it, heard of that. it looks splendid. It does look good. Yeah. And you can tell it's just basking in the Australian sunshine. Mm. Over there in Perth. And shall we end? Do you have many more to get through? Or can I do an you, ending you, no, from, you carry on. Yep. from Julie, who's in Geelong in Australia? Uh, felt the book really needed the fresh perspective of the neighbour Richard Berg and the inspectors as I was looking for a counterpoint to Maud. And she's put her finger on it, hasn't she? There wasn't a counterpoint in the book. No. It's just, it's very, very Maud perspective. Well, I suppose it was, but that left us... I'm beginning to think now that this book was cleverer than I realised. 
And now you see Jane. It's the Jane, pa- no, stop it. It's the pace stop at which it. I move. That's the joy of book clubs. Yeah, I think I don't. I think it, which illustrates my stupidity. I think it might have gone over my head slightly. I I dismissed it as being fluffier than I now realise it actually yeah. is, and that is thanks to the people who've emailed. Brilliant. It's worked, Kate. It's worked. But it is lovely, isn't it? Because other people say stuff that you haven't quite managed to solidify in your own brain. And I think that's a good way of putting it, Julie. Uh, Who then goes on to say, I started to think of the very capable, no-nonsense older women I know. I wonder, fed up and in need of some long overdue justice, what they might be up to. A nice capturing of yet another self-sufficient, invisible, smart woman being underestimated. Oh. Good. Yeah. Um, just because uh, I thought there's real effort gone into this email from Maria, who says that she likes, just as a kind of mind hobby, to make up stories about the people she sees uh, as she goes about her daily life and does her business. And she says, um, I had had a, a fantasy about the little old lady, uh, someone who lived nearby, and I'd see her on a dog walk here and there. She hoarded rubbish, which was overflowing from her garage and garden gate, and was often dishevelled, but seemed to enjoy wandering around the public gardens outside her house. I had a story for her, totally alone, not managing, needing help. If I ever approached her or smiled her way, she wouldn't acknowledge me. I totally get this. I was just being patronising. I used to work at the local supermarket customer service desk and eventually clocked her doing her shopping. I pointed her out to a colleague and explained she may be vulnerable and need assistance. The colleague corrected me straight away, saying she's extremely wealthy, rude to everyone, and often forgets to pay for fish from the fish counter. <laughs> In other words, a real-life maud. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you for that, Maria. Oh, I think we've got the people standing outside. They are standing oh, outside. Uh, so thank you to everybody who sent us emails. I'm sorry that we didn't read yours out, if you are thinking... But we oh, have go read on, them. Go on, go on, go on, we've go read on. them. Uh, that would simply be a matter of time and just the sheer volume of people who got in touch. Uh, so we hope that you got something from reading the book and being part of the discussion about it and we are now open for business ding dong for book club number five and we're thinking maybe non-fiction yeah maybe and dare we say something from britain oh good lord have i gone too far now you're pushing the envelope okay all right okay Uh, and thank you for suggesting it in the first place an elderly lady is up to no good uh, by helen turston so we've got a copy you've got a copy i've got a copy if anyone wants this copy uh, bung us an email i'll send it to you deceptively simple that's that's a bit bit harsh no i'm saying it's like ignore that no if you want to call me deceptively (laughs) simple it's absolutely fine i meant the book Absolutely none taken. <laughs> Goodbye. Well done for getting to the end of another episode of Off Air with Jane Garvey and Fee Glover. Our Times radio producer is Rosie Cutler and the podcast executive producer is Henry Tribe. And don't forget, there is even more of us every afternoon on Times Radio. It's Monday to Thursday, 3 till 5. You can pop us on when you're pottering around the house or heading out in the car on the school run. Or running a bank. Thank you for joining us and we hope you can join us again on Off Air very soon. Don't be so silly. Running a bank? I know, lady. A lady listener. I'm sorry. Your History is a new podcast brought to you from The Times and it brings together the real-life stories from our obituaries desk. 
which has been published for over a century. In this brand new show, we build on this legacy and explore the endlessly fascinating lives who have enriched and informed our own. Join me and our sponsor, Ancestry, as we journey through your history. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Are you a reality TV junkie? Do you ever think, dang, I wish I had someone to talk to about all the trash TV that I watch? Well, look no further, garbage lover, because Reality Gaze is a podcast for you. Hello, I'm Maddie. And I'm Poodle, and we're the Reality Gaze. We talk about all your favorite unscripted shows like The Golden Bachelor, Love is Blind, and TLC's big, messy behemoth, 90 Day Fiance. And if you're driving to work, folding laundry, or just pretending to listen to your husband talk about sports, just put on the pod, and you've instantly got two gay besties spilling all the tea and reading these people for filth. So come at us, y'all. Find Reality Gaze wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com